When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. In order to get the right multidimensional look at basic and clinical questions, you have to have women physicians. They listen better. Then you need women mentors, women leaders to inspire other women to follow you so that women's diseases can be addressed. People will live longer if their docs are women. The pandemic has put a spotlight on one of the glaring shortcomings in healthcare the lack of research into how disease affects women specifically. In the case of COVID, experts tell us that women and men will likely differ in their reaction to the virus, vaccines, and treatment. But sex-specific data has generally been in short supply. Unfortunately, that's the situation in most areas of medicine, from heart disease to pain management. Research and trials have traditionally focused on men, so women often end up misdiagnosed and undertreated. But two women at the forefront of science, Dr. Jane Solomon and Dr. Fanny Alahi, are working to put a women's lens on medical research, and the result will be better health for everyone. I'm Kim Azzarelli, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We're bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Now, Dr. Jane Solomon is a professor and associate dean at Weill Cornell College of Medicine. Her work on the autoimmune disease lupus has major ramifications for women with the condition who are pregnant or who want to be. And Dr. Fanny Alahi is a neurologist at the UCSF Memory and Aging Center. An MD and PhD, she's doing cutting-edge work on early detection of degenerative brain disease, including Alzheimer's. Now, in some ways, Alzheimer's can be considered a woman's disease, since two-thirds of new Alzheimer's patients are women. And finding a cure takes on extra urgency right now as the pandemic has brought a surge in Alzheimer's mortality, causing thousands more deaths than usual. I sat down with Dr. Salman and Dr. Alahi during a Seneca Women Forum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Listen and learn why these groundbreaking scientists are two of Seneca's 100 women to hear. So I want to welcome uh, Dr. Jane Salman. Associate Dean at Weill Cornell and Professor of Medicine. You're going to hear why we're so honored to have her today. And of course, Dr. Fanny Alahi, MD, PhD, 
and assistant professor at UCSF. Thank you both for being here. So we've heard a lot today about women in tech and girls in tech, and uh, we thought it was really important to talk to women scientists who have been at the forefront and are at the forefront of solving some of the most important issues for women's health. So Jane, let's start with you. Uh, tell us a little about your work in lupus and how and what you discovered about lupus in pregnancy. Lupus is a disease where the immune system, which really evolved to protect us against microbes, turns against the body and attacks organs. And 90% of patients with lupus are women, and most women develop disease in their 20s. These girls or young women were told never to become pregnant because they or their babies could die. And that guidance was really based on limited information. So I spent a good deal of my career trying to determine whether or not this was true for all lupus patients. My team studied hundreds of women with lupus, and what we learned was that pregnancy complications, severe ones in patients, are extremely uncommon. And we could identify the limited subset of patients who would have these complications. We also discovered the biology around pregnancy complications in lupus, and we're now having a promising treatment trial funded by the NIH to see if we can protect these women from complications. And what's particularly interesting is the possibility that what we're going to learn from this trial applies to all women, not just women with lupus. There are very there are no treatments for preeclampsia, toxemia of pregnancy, but we may be able to develop a treatment. Kind of the cost of morbidity in pregnancy is expensive to the society and to the family. And there's very little research on diseases of pregnancy, and that's really what I've committed my career to, and hopefully we'll be able to change it. Thank you. Now, Fanny, we saw these incredible statistics about um, women in Alzheimer's, and I've been very taken by the numbers. Um, so can you tell us, uh, well, obviously, you studied the conditions that could lead to a cure for Alzheimer's, and I'm amazed by your research. Why is this also a women's issue? And given your experience, why is it important to look at health through the lens of women, and in particular, women scientists? Thank you, Kim. I think the statistics are really striking. It's um, Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative disorders are a humanities issue, and especially women's issue. And numbers don't lie, and they're surprising. And so I really think that we have to get at the root causes. And what we will discover uh, relating to women's risk of increased risk of Alzheimer's could potentially actually translate to all sorts of Alzheimer's. So the first step is to have a precision medicine approach to understand what it is about a human being that predisposes them to neurodegeneration. What are the specific factors as opposed to just blanket age or gender, sex, ethnicity, and so we're working on biomarkers. You know, we're looking at people's retina. We're looking at their brain structures. We're taking blood and looking at proteins and RNA, different molecules in their blood to, to have a more, to stop guessing and to have a more precise idea 
of risk um, and, and, and the history um, of, of change in a human being that then predisposes them. One of, one of the facts um, is that Alzheimer's really starts decades before it actually presents in the clinic. And if we stand a chance, it ought to be early. And so we need to intervene early and we need to detect early in order to intervene early. I was taken um, by um, some of the research when what you told me about sort of hormones and this sort of failure to look at the disease through the lens of women and this when the statistics are staggering. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Um, So as a clinician scientist, I do science and I also see patients. And I think the scientist in me is driven by data and the clinician has given me the privilege to observe and to interact with women. Um, So one of the most striking um, occurrences has been seeing perimenopausal women walk into my clinic and report cognitive changes that have been dismissed by so many other clinicians before me. And maybe the first time I thought, you know, maybe this is subjective. The second time, it's harder to think that the third and the fourth. And And the problem is that our tests are not sensitive enough to detect those changes. And so there are no objective measures to say that you're at risk. We just have to go and believe them and then set up experiments and test these hypotheses. So that's what I want to do in the future and really dig into these early, quote-unquote, subjective changes that women are reporting and try to find objective ways to measure these in a sensitive manner. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Uh, Jane, you know, one of the statistics that I had read, which I, I, uh, was amazing. Maybe some of you read it in the New York Times recently. It says that actually patients there, I think they studied, uh, is it 58,000? 58,000? 58,000 patients in emergency rooms. And they found that patients who were seen by women doctors actually had uh, better survival rates. You know, this is a reason to really 
support women in science, just for a selfish reason. But Jane, let, can we talk about this? Because you are the highest ranking, one of the highest ranking scientists, frankly, at Weill Cornell. You've been a true leader in this field. I was really taken when we first met about how you made the business case for your research. And similar to what Fanny was just saying about how she's trying to make the case right now for more funding, because we know that women in Alzheimer's are chronically underfunded, women's health is chronically underfunded. You've been a true leader in this field. You have been able to make that case. Um, and you've also been able to support other women scientists. But yet we're still facing this chronic gap in the senior ranks of the scientific community. And why is that? And, and what are you seeing? You know, I think women see medicine differently. You heard that from Fanny. Women ask questions differently. They analyze data differently. And they ask different questions. In the 1980s, the only mention of women's heart disease in a major society meeting of cardiologists was how to deal with your husband's heart attack. Uh, we, we, we've, come, uh, we, we've come really a long way. 1980s. Yeah. So, so, so I think you know, we've come a long way, but um, we have a, a long way to go. Uh, when I was a medical student, there were very few women. There were almost no women faculty. Um, and I was introduced to a, pa- a little, I took care of a 10-year-old boy, and I was introduced to his mother as the doctor who's a nurse. Uh, and I don't think that was rare uh, in those days, and I think we, we, we still see I think see Fanny that. mentioned it yeah, still yeah, happens. I think we, 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 still still, we'll see, we still see that sometimes. And so now 50% of medical students, I'd say for the past 20 years, are women. And as of 2017, in American medical schools, 45% of the assistant professors are women. But when you start working your way up, associate professors, it's only 36%. And full professors, it's only 23%. This isn't really a pipeline issue, as you've heard before. It takes longer for women to be promoted, and they're much less likely to be put up by their chairs for promotion than men in their departments. It's an issue that academic medicine recognizes and we're trying to address, but it's really similar to what you see uh, in all fields. In order to get the right multidimensional look at basic and clinical questions, you have to have women physicians. They listen better. Then you need women mentors, women leaders to inspire other women to follow you so that women's diseases can be addressed and the sensitivity that Kim talked about. And people will live longer if their docs are women. I mean, is that not a simple business case? I mean, so. So, Fanny, we talked about this as well, about why this uh, lens of women makes a difference, why questions haven't been raised in the past. And you mentioned to me that, you know, we probably wouldn't be lagging as far behind, maybe, if we'd asked these questions sooner. And I I think that, you know, your research is showing some pretty remarkable opportunities. But what's the problem? And why are we still seeing this lag there? So I think the statistics that Jane um, mentioned with respect to women advancing their career in science and medicine are really striking. And we need to learn from other industries and get at the root causes. Why is it that that's occurring? I I feel that um, women are given opportunities, but then on a day-to-day basis, maybe the support is not there. And obviously the role models are far and fewer in between than men because it's a new, relatively new field for women. Um, And 
why are we lagging behind on discoveries that relate specifically to women's conditions? Is probably also because in medicine you need curiosity and intellectual drive, but at the end of it, you also need passion because it's a long road, it's difficult, there are lots of failures, and you need to have that sort of internal stimulus that constantly drives you. Um, you need to to be touched by the question. And I, I can't say that men are not touched by women's questions, but it's, prob- it's more probable that women will be. Um, mm. And so we really need, just for the sake of diversity of questions and importance of the questions that are asked, more women um, trained um, and credentialed to do that. Well, and I think, uh, again, I've spent a lot of time with these women over the last time preparing for this. And, and Jane has been a mentor to so many, and she's told us so much about what she does to mentor women. Um, and what we've decided to try to do together this year is to try to focus a little bit more on women scientists. I think that women's science is chronically underfunded. I've understood this now from both of them. And I think, you know, what Fanny's work is doing to really prevent this epidemic, though, if there is the possibility of a cure, if there is the possibility of ending preeclampsia, or getting more re- research about this, We need to do it, but it's underfunded. So I would ask all of you, again, on this connect point concept to go home, to think about your institutions, your organizations, the foundations you're involved with, and let's see if we can't get some of the science funded. Thank you both. It's so inspiring to know these dedicated scientists are working to make us all healthier. My conversation with Dr. Salman and Dr. Lahi brings up several important points. First, When it comes to medical conditions, we need to recognize that women's biology is different, and that's important. We need to ensure that the medical community acknowledges these differences so that women are properly diagnosed and treated. Second, it's time to demand that women are equally represented in clinical trials. We'll know more about human health when women's health and disease risk are better understood. Finally, it's imperative that more funding and support flow to women scientists and clinicians. A women's lens matters. By failing to support women scientists, we are literally holding back innovation and the chance to improve health for everyone. If you want to support the critical work of the Women in Alzheimer's Fund at UCSF, go to SenecaWomen.com to learn more. And join us on Thursday to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. For more great listens from Seneca Women, check out our other podcasts. Every weekday, join us for a brief take on all the good that's happening in the world on Seneca's Here's Something Good. And every Thursday, listen to inspiring and shared learnings from legendary women entrepreneurs on Made by Women. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Special thanks to our iHeart producers, supervising producer Molly Socha and supervising sound producer Matt Stillo. If you like what you heard on the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. We hope you'll join us for our next episode of 100 Women to Hear, where we can all listen, learn, and get inspired. Have a great day.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.